So what are we talking about? I have no idea. Oh, oh hello. I'm North Kozar, the Santaist of clauses. And that makes me practical, the holiday of armadillo, apparently, or something. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, this is Tune Into Gaming, you know, the gaming podcast that you may or may not have been listening to for whatever yay. amount of time. Yay. Quiet yay in the background. Yay. Yay. Holy grail. Yay. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds splendid. So this Just is our... plug one of the most fandomed movies of all time. Really? Plug. Well, you, you can hear me plugging it like, you know, the sound of a, you know, electric thing going into the wall. Like a electric thing. <laughs> Fantastic. Like a like a plug socket. Yep. The plug socket has power. Socket plug goes goes in the actually what. So the, the thing on the wall is called a socket. And then the thing that you go that goes into it is the plug, right? Like those are the actual words for the <laughs> what are words? We just don't know. <laughs> but like that. I'm not wrong in the in the nomenclature right yeah no i think i think you're correct i'm making a symbol like i have three fingers on my left hand and two fingers on my left viewers can totally see your symbol i promise the 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 two fingers on my right hand are going in between the three fingers on my left hand simulating a plug going into an i do only have three fingers on your left hand i thought you had five fingers on your left hand yeah well you know sometimes you think it's a good idea to take up woodworking and then you lose a couple fingers and you realize that your entire life is anyway what have you been up to for the past two weeks <laughs> and by two oh, weeks i mean um, three weeks because it's been we're off schedule a little bit yeah we are totally off schedule well um i've been good you know working a lot it's and as well as just spending time you know with my girlfriend and her family kind of like we mentioned last episode it's the holidays we're on a little bit of a shorter schedule uh, or longer schedule actually um we're right. gonna do episodes every three weeks for december um so I've just, you know, been spending time with the family as far as the holidays go and then working mostly. Um, but I've also been playing a lot of Crusader Kings, uh, which is a great game. Um, I don't know. Have you played it at all? Or like I've not played it. I'm pretty sure I've seen it played or I'm aware of it. What kind of a, like what style of game all is right. it again? I'll, I'll give a, I'll give give it the rundown. Okay. Um, so Crusader Kings is kind of a hybrid strategy RPG game. Um, where you play as a feudal lord in medieval Europe, um, slash kind of the Middle East and North Africa a little bit. Um, so it's, you know, a f- fairly large map. But anyway, so you control a number of counties, basically. Um, and you can get various titles. And the game uses the feudal, uh, yeah, the feudal system. So basically, you know, you own a certain number of titles, but then you also have vassals who are other characters in the game that, you know, you're their lord, you're you you're their ruler, but then you also might be someone else's vassal. So it's like this multi-layered system, right? Where you have a liege lord and then you're his vassal, but then you also have your own vassals. And what this allows you to do is manage a much larger empire where whereas your your single character can only maybe manage one or two counties at a time, there's a limit. Um it allows you to basically, you know, you can be the king of England. And, you know, England may have like 30 counties or something like that, but, you know, you only have to own like three or four of them personally. And then what's interesting is that your vassals get their own separate armies as well as you. But when you go to war against like another nation, your vassals have to raise their army as well, but they fight separately. And so like you get all these really interesting, you know, dynamics within each of the nations in the game as then like everyone's kind of vying for control of Europe in general. So it's like. You know, you're playing a strategy game, but you also are playing 
these lords who then you play the entire dynasty. So it's this really interesting kind of persistent role playing element combined with a strategy game, and it you know it's very cool. So it's it's strategy in terms of like, uh, like a civilization kind of strategy. Like, what does it look like to play? I guess. Yeah. Um. So it's it's like county based as opposed to tile based. So um. I don't know if you've ever played or seen me play the old medieval Total War, um, but it's basically you have different provinces and any armies that are within that province are just in that province and then you move to a different province and it takes a certain number of days to get there and you know once you've kind of completed the timer of that number of days your unit like shifts to the other province so it's kind of like almost like board game style in that sense oh, okay um gotcha hmm. but yeah the the most interesting part about it for me is that they have this really deep uh character simulation system so basically you know every character in the game from you know, your ruler to their spouse to their children has like their own stats and they age and can get married and have kids as the game progresses. And when you die, you become your heir and you have to like pass on your titles and sometimes <laughs> you may lose titles. And so what happened to me in the game that I was playing recently was um, I was playing in England in like the 1800s. And so I was a, I was a count in or, no, I was the king of Wessex, basically. But my my step, my half brother, controlled a couple of counties towards like the southwest of my nation. But he was he was my vassal. So when my character died and the throne passed to my heir, which was my kid, he immediately declares war on me and steals the throne and then kicks me out. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's just like yeah, reality TV except yep RPG history strategy game edition. <laughs> Right, but all this stuff is, like, emergent and dynamic. So, you know, the next time you play, it may happen a little bit differently. If I had won the war, I maybe then could have, like, imprisoned him or, like, even executed him and stolen his titles. That um, was your stepbrother or half-brother or...? Half-brother. Wow. Yep. Yeah, so you get, you know... <laughs> Feudal indeed. Right, but, you know, you've heard all the, the, like, historical tales about these periods of time having, like, really in incestuous royal families. Well, it's... It's kind of the case in this game just because, you know, your family members are tools and you use them to, like, accomplish political goals. So, you know, when you have a, a, someone who's in your dynasty, you get this little, like, blood symbol on their portrait, <laughs> this little blood drop. And it basically means that they're, one, they're more inclined to like you, um, but you also get, like, prestige, which is kind of the score of the game, for having your dynasty own a lot of titles. Right. Um, and it also can give you alliances. So, like, you know, if you have a lot of daughters, you want to, like, marry them off to various parts of the land. <laughs> but when, when, when everyone's a kid, you have to give them a teacher, and they have to get an education. And well, of course. there's certain, like, learned traits. Like, you can be, like, a spy master, or you can be, like, really good with money, or, like, you can, you know, be an awesome warrior, right? There's all these traits. And you, you basically get a version, sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's better, of the type of trait that your teacher had. So you can like train all your daughters to be like spy masters. Then you send them off to like other courts in the land and then they can, ha you can like tell them to assassinate people. <laughs> wow. Can I go back yes. to school for spy mastery? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I regret my major choice at this point. But you have to have someone with a really high intrigue skill, which is the like spying skill Intriguing. to give them a high intrigue skill. So it's like, you know, you have to, you have to play the game and, you know, figure out who are the, who the important characters are and like get them to like you and get them to come to your court and be one of your vassals.
but then you also have to like reward them with titles and make sure that they're they're continually satisfied or else you know they could turn on you and maybe join some faction that wants to overthrow you as king so like you always have this really like interesting underlying gameplay even though on the surface you know you're just maybe i'm the king of england and i'm trying to go you know conquer france right like but you have all these like sub elements that are playing underneath hmm. That's interesting. It definitely sounds very complex, but in a different yeah. way from like civilization. Whereas it, it seems like from what I hear at least is that it's it's a little bit less micromanaging in terms of like movement and that aspect of strategy things, but in terms of like the grander scheme of all of the sub layers of marrying off daughters, like it seems like that aspect gets kind of complicated. Yeah, it definitely has a learning curve. Um, the game's by Paradox Interactive, so if you know you've heard of that developer, they've made other games like yeah. uh, Europa Universalis. Uh, I'm forgetting some some of the other ones. Uh, Supreme Ruler, those games like 2020, and I think Cold War is another one. Hmm. But they're they're fairly complex strategy games, and I've I've actually found that Crusader Kings is one of the more accessible of their titles because it has this more deep character focus. Right, it's less about like strategic simulation and more about the character simulation. Whereas a game like Europa Universalis is similar, you know, you want to conquer Europe or like you're, you're a, a leader of a nation in Europe, but instead of having this like dynastic system where you pass down to your heir, you just control France and then you, you control whoever the leader of France happens to become. Well, and then France may grow or shrink, but like it's, it's very, it's like nation focused kind of like, you know, civilization, whereas Crusader Kings is much more character focused. And that's, I think what makes it more unique for me at least. Well, it sounds like it would take me quite a while to understand what I was doing in the game. <laughs> I would probably accidentally teach all of my offspring to become carpenters instead of spy masters or something. <laughs> yeah, and and it definitely does, you know, that's that's one of the big weaknesses of the game, I think, is that it's kind of hard to see that your decisions are actually having an impact, especially when you're starting off in the game, because to actually make things happen and like make intentional choices takes some some planning and some thought and design and when you're just starting out it's kind of hard to know what the right choices are so you tend to you tend to kind of be paralyzed by that or at least that's what i found when i first started playing the game yeah uh but but once i got my hands dirty in in the interaction and you know started to figure out how things worked and how you could actually make stiff stuff happen um it became much more fun so you know maybe it's the kind of thing where if you want to get into the game you know, you should watch some videos or, hey, maybe I should stream it and you should watch me stream it. <laughs> hey, maybe you should stream it and I'll watch you stream it. Papow. I made finger um, guns at the internet. Papow. Like, like papow. Ha <laughs> watch you stream it. Aha. Finger guns fired. Is this the Wild West? Raw. No, this is Crusader Kings, aren't we? In oh, yeah. Something like that. Feudal Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Feudal. Feudal? No, feudal. Yeah, everything is futile. Fe you, you can never win. <laughs> <laughs> Resistance is futile 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 yeah resistance is futile I, i'm pretty sure that's probably like a meme somewhere about the game probably search reddit i'm sure you'll find it search <laughs> anything on the internet and you'll find it be careful what search you search the for. internet is that the like internet is that yeah inception internetception if you search internet on the internet or if you google search <laughs> for google google and google google and googlers <laughs> google how to google google something like that Peter typed a pickled pepper into Google to Google the pickled pepper picked. Yeah. Anyway, on the opposite spectrum of complicated daughter spy masters, 
Uh, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go, which is... Casual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's actually it's actually JK. been a lot of fun. Um, they just did the this new update uh, a few days ago, which honestly was a little bit lackluster. They were like kind of hyping everybody up for releasing all of the Gen 2 Pokemon, so like from Gold, Silver, and Crystal games. And then they were like, instead have all the baby Pokemon, but you can only hatch them from eggs. So go out there and walk and hatch eggs. But it's it's interesting. (laughs) And I've thought about this a little bit that it's a really, really smart business move because so you have one incubator in the game. You can have nine eggs, but you only have one that Mm -hmm. like you can incubate at any given time unless you buy more. You get some every now and then, but like in order to get these new eggs, like you, they, the you can get the baby pokemon from any new egg you collect at a pokestop but like uh all of the old eggs you had collected prior to the update will not have any of the new pokemon in them so you have to hatch the eggs that you currently have and then get new ones which just encourages you to buy incubators if you want to be like the most efficient at it so okay yeah, it I mean, that makes sense. yeah it definitely was kind of like merry christmas buy incubators also pikachu has a santa hat <laughs> yay pikachu santa hat uh but it's been pretty fun actually going out with my friends and whatnot, trying to find uh, nests of Pokemon. So every couple weeks or so, I think it's about every two weeks, I've been learning a little bit more about how the inner workings of Pokemon Go function. Uh, the There's certain spots around places in the world, like usually parks, it seems, that are nests mm-hmm. for certain Pokemon. Like we found a Magnemite nest. And oh, so that's awesome. there's just like magnemites that spawn there pretty often and like a squirtle nest, which was pretty cool and a Charmander nest. But, uh, the nests like just, uh, refreshed or it's called, they, they call it a great migration. I think this is oh, the ninth okay. one. And so basically the nest may still be a nest, but the Pokemon are going to be different or it might not be a nest anymore. Okay. So it can kind of reset. Yeah. And so it kind of keeps things dynamic and the website slash Reddit group, uh, Sylph Road has just like an awesome uh, tool to create or that they created around the net, the nest uh, structure. And you basically go on and log in with your Reddit account and you can like say, hey, there's a nest here and it'll show up like a little pin on the map and show what Pokemon oh, it is. Cool. And other people can go to it and then say, yeah, I saw these Pokemon here as well. Or they can be like, no, nah, I didn't see anything. And so you sort of like authenticate the <laughs> fact that, yeah, there's a nest here yeah. or no there's not that's cool yeah so it's kind of a neat little thing but all of those just became null and void again because (laughs) it reset so alas time to find more more pokemon nests i guess but yeah i definitely think i would have played it more had i had more people to play it with um i think in some ways it was kind of hurt by the fact that it went so viral so fast yeah Um, because i think they didn't really have a chance to implement the game the way they wanted to you know it's it seemed like in some ways, it was almost sort of tentative, like how the game came out originally. Um, but then it just, you know, it got so huge. I felt like just the fact that it got so big so quickly meant that it was a lot of those people were going to go away. And then oh yes, like, the world was going to see it as like, oh, now it's flopped because it like was big and now isn't big anymore. I, when maybe, you know, it was only going to have a certain amount of user base and that's fine. I think that and that's what the user base is now. Right. Yeah. I definitely think that it was something that was pretty bigly like there was a lot of hype around and right. it was really everyone was really excited about it even people who've never really played before but um played being anything pokemon uh i think that 
a lot of those people, yeah, burned out pretty quick. There was some study that looked at uh, how uh, people who played Pokemon Go and got at least to level five, how that impacted their like exercise. But like really mm. getting to level five takes maybe an hour if you're dedicatedly catching Pokemon. So yeah. it's, it's the kind of thing that people, you know, a lot of people played the game right out of the gate. And after that first month or two, it really fell off drastically. But I think that there's a really good player base that sort of is still like following along with it. And I mean, you go on to mm -hmm. like the Silk Road Reddit. It's really cool. Just the people that are there still kind of like analyzing the game and theorizing and finding out stuff about it. It's, it's interesting because it's less learning mechanics of the game by playing the game and more like analyzing uh, the like inner workings of the code. Like whenever they release an update, people go into the APK, the Android like <laughs> app file and look at all the code and try to figure out what new stuff is happening and things like that. So it's <laughs> that's kind of cool. Not exactly a traditional way of learning about a game, but it's kind of cool. It seems to have kind of created a cool community, at least over at the Silk Road side of Reddit. Reddit for yeah, that's that, kind so. of interesting. Yeah. I, I definitely, you know, appreciated the, the, the social elements of the game. The fact that it, you know, just to go out and, you know, go on some poker walks with friends was like to me like the best way to experience the game and i really liked that about it um, yes like i said if i had had more people that were consistently playing it you know in my physical location i think i would be playing it more but like yeah. i said everyone that i knew that was playing it pretty much stopped playing it almost immediately yeah i've got my uh my old roommate and i definitely are still pretty into it and so we'll go and hunt down some nests and just go out pokemoning but it's cool because when we went to some of the nests we saw other people that were clearly playing but it's yeah. it doesn't have that same like element to it as it did when it first came out because we would go down to this area kind of uh near one of the lakes and there were like two or three poke stops that overlapped each other there were like you know 50 or 60 people just chilling and hanging out there there were always lures on the poke stops this was in like the first couple weeks of it being out though right yeah where like every poke stop was just lured to infinity <laughs> yep but it's it's neat how the uh it just gets people out and about i think i definitely right. feel a bit more motivated go out and look for Pokemon as a means of, you know, getting out and about, but also just kind of like, it's fun to find Pokemon for me. It just, yeah. it, it, it adds another, it's a, it's, well, it's the augmented reality aspect of it. I could just go for a walk, <laughs> but I could also go and catch Pokemon while I'm out for a walk. I think that one sounds a little better. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, I really enjoyed doing that the couple times I did. You know, how a lot of people seem to be playing it is they'd go to like, parks or go and try and do something and be playing pokemon go at the same time and i actually just found that a little challenging like if i'm you know was trying to walk around like balboa park for example like you know i hadn't been there before so <laughs> i wanted to see all the things and so then like pokemon go was a distraction same thing at like the zoo right you know there was a bunch of people playing and i was like well i could be paying attention to the things at the zoo or i could be you know playing pokemon go or looking at my phone all the time and it's like it's, you know it's eh. a, yeah it's a little bit of a balance between if you're right. out and about for the sake of being out and doing something then it's kind of like i'll do a little bit here and there but you kind of have to if you really want to like play play you know you there are times where you just have to be like let's go to this park to catch pokemon yeah. not go to the park to go to the park uh, i will say that um one of the features that I was that I saw initially and was kind of disappointed that they, they took away, and I don't know if they brought this back, was it seemed like they initially intended to have some sort of tracking so you could tell some directionality about like where Pokemon were and then you know kind of have to hunt down them having an, their actual location. Where it, is it 
it sort of ended up seeming like it ended up just sort of being random, right? Yeah. That, you know, you could see you could see the things that are around you, but you didn't have any idea of direction. So you might as well just walk randomly. And, I, and that's what felt like for me that I had to be tied to it constantly is because if I was looking for a particular Pokemon and I knew they were in the general area, well, if I wasn't looking when it buzzed and it buzzed all the damn time, right? <laughs> like, then I'm going to miss it. So then I have to be doing that. At the, and whereas at that point, I'm like, okay, now I'm just paying attention to the game. And then I'm going to put the game away because I want to, you know, be at the zoo. Right. So it just like that part of it was challenging for me. And maybe I just need to like, you know, approach it differently. And that's part of the well, problem. Well, let, let me let me break down to you sort of what happened with the tracker. So when it first came out, there was the whole three steps thing where, you know, one step means it's close right. two was further and three is really far away. Relatively speaking, like 500 meters or whatever. I don't remember the distance precisely, but uh that was kind of a neat system of doing it because you kind of had to hunt for the Pokemon a little bit. However, you right. didn't know exactly where they were. Then the tracking system went away and they brought back this thing that was just sightings, which, like you said, it was just, these are Pokemon, these are nine Pokemon that are near you somewhere. Where? Who knows? There might be other Pokemon that aren't on this list, but these nine are somewhere within your vicinity. Right. And then they slowly started rolling out... Um, what they're calling the nearby feature, which ties Pokemon to specific Pokestops. So you look on the tracker now and you'll see like a Pidgey and a Pokestop and you tap on it okay. and you tap the tracker and it'll show you where that Pokestop is. And you know that there's a Pidgey around that Pokestop. Like basically okay. if you can spin the Pokestop, likely you're going to be able to find the Pidgey. Um, however, it it's it's a good solution in terms of like what you were saying where you don't have to wander around randomly but the downside to this is one the sightings thing kind of doesn't exist anymore they're sort of trying to bring it back like if there's not nearbys on like you're not near pokestops you'll see some sightings but mm -hmm. the problem is that like if there's a bunch of nearby like you're you know around 15 pokestops then you're only going to see nearbys for Pokestops, but 90% of them are going to be Pidgeys or Rattatas or anything right. that's common. So you don't see the rare Pokemon necessarily showing up. That actually um, still are there. Yeah, unless there's not very many that are around and it doesn't seem like there's any sort of prioritization that's working. Um, right. And then the downside to that even further is that, you know, for people who are in rural areas or who don't have many Pokestops, it's the kind of thing where they might see like three nearbys they don't know where those are, but they could see one or sorry, three sightings. Uh, the names mm -hmm. need to be switched because sightings makes more sense to be at Pokestops and nearby is like yeah, random. But because it's like the people have seen it and it's like you can hear about it at the Pokestop. Yeah, exactly. But uh, sometimes you'll see an, a nearby at a Pokestop and click on it and it'll be like across the river, like on the far edge of your map that is even loaded. And you're like, I cannot walk there before this thing despawns. Like that's a 20 minute yeah. walk. And unfortunately, that I think has kind of changed how people hunt for Pokemon. Like you can definitely still walk around and find Pokemon and catch them. But if you're mm -hmm. like intentionally out hunting, it's kind of become more viable to drive to Pokestops and to get the Pokemon, which sort of mm -hmm. defeats the whole like getting out and walking purpose. Right. Unless you're like specifically just going to walk your eggs, at which point then you just have it on and you're holding it, but you're yeah. just walking. But now the other side of this as well is that they recently changed how uh, the speed restriction works. So for a while, it was a message popped up and it's like, hey, you know, don't play unless you're the passenger. And you'd said, I'm the passenger and it's cool. B 
because a lot of times, like if you have a friend driving or whatnot, I I would have like both phones and I'd spin pokey stops as we'd go past right. to collect pokeballs. Well, you can't do that anymore. If you're going over 15 miles an hour or whatever the speed cap is, you can't spin pokey stops and the no nearbys or sightings show up. So you have no wow. no Pokemon show up either. So you have no idea what's around if you're driving or anything. Until you stop. Until you stop. And it like refreshes. Which I understand for the sake of like liability reasons, but it's kind well, of yeah, because people were using it in their cars a ton. <laughs> yeah. But it's just kind of unfortunate because it sort of defeated the purpose of having that like co-pilot there to do that and to look for Pokemon. Because when it was first out and mm-hmm. my roommate and I would be driving somewhere, I would be on the app and I'd be like, hey, there's a victory bell over here. And then we'd be like, okay. And then we would turn around and go to the victory bell, which I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just was kind of a neat thing to have happen. But the thing, no that, more victory for you. It it's it's just kind of frustrating that the Pokestops and how they're tied to Pokemon just seem to be kind of difficult to get to in some situations. Like I said, if you know the Pokemon you want to go after is on the other side of a river and you can't get across it unless you walk around or whatever it's just like i don't know it's not it's not ideal and kind of i would rather not see that pokemon rather right. than see that there's a cool pokemon over there that i can't get to and get frustrated but and at a certain point it just makes more sense to like be able to see the pokemon that are around you right because that's that's the point that's what, yeah to encourage walking and exploring your immediate surroundings as mm-hmm. opposed to like 15 you know 20 minute walk over there and to tie it into the vr a little bit i think you know initially with the you know the three step two step model the reason that appealed to me was because it definitely gave the Pokemon a bit more sense of like physicality in the real world. Like they had an actual location. Whereas if it, if it like you can't tell what's around you, yeah, sure, maybe they do, but you they might as well be just random encounters, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have any way of actually like interacting with that or at least like seeing it in the world, right? You know, I, I just I think that adds something. Um, one thought that I had that maybe would have made it better is. You know, after they got rid of the three-step thing, uh, they could have just had it where, you know, the the nine Pokemon that you saw in your area, you could decide that I want to be, like, quote-unquote, tracking these couple, and I want to ignore these few. So, like, you know, you could ignore the Pidgeys and the Zubats. Yeah. But then if, like, the Arcanine showed up, it would, like, always show up. Yeah, I think that's a really good method, and they're definitely still working on improving the system, for sure. And they, I think, are doing a pretty good job adding features and working things into the game. I mean, again, it's only been out for, like, six months. So, right. in, in terms of, like, getting additions to a game that has such a large framework, basically, mostly around the world now. I, it's not released everywhere, but it, it's, you know, it takes time. But I definitely agree that having some sort of filtering system like that would be a really good option yeah and you know they could even make it just temporary to the game session so that you know when you like sign out of the app or then like you know you're logging in later you know it it, it's just based on the pokemon that are around you at that particular time so you don't you're not like ignoring all pidgeys forever kind of thing i'd I'd be (laughs) fine with that there's just so many i don't need to see specifically where they are you know (laughs) pidgeys you're still gonna run into them (laughs) <laughs> One of the best videos I saw. Okay, that's a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but a great video the that I saw. best video ever. <laughs> the best. The best. Uh, it was the Pokemon rap, except instead of the actual Pokemon rap, it was just Pidgey, Rattata, Rattata, Pidgey, Caterpie, Weedle, Pidgey, Rattata. Just like Zubat, Zubat, for like a Zubat, minute and a half. Zubat, Zubat, it was Zubat, pretty funny. Zubat. But, Jubat. Ju- hey, careful now. 
thrown around words. Holiday armadillo. That's you. Armadurper. Armadurper. For the armadurper. Zoom, zoom. Well, anyway, I think that about wraps up our Pokemon Go discussion. I think, you know, in general, I I would want to get back to it. I think if I had people around, but it, it'll be interesting to see where they go with the game. Yeah, it's definitely a game that's best enjoyed with others. Like, there's been times I'm like, I kind of want to go out and hunt for Pokemon, but... But got nobody. Yeah, and I, I think that's fine. Like, I one, it's safer to go out with multiple people. It's dangerous to go alone. Yeah, take a friend. but it's also more fun because you can be like oh look at this like yesterday it was yesterday when i caught a dragonite and my friend didn't oh bummer all the jealousy you were green with envy yeah i mean he was he was driving and we stopped and i got the dragonite and then like by the time he got to his phone and everything it had despawned (laughs) (laughs) that always sucks yeah i kind of felt bad no but yeah oh well i got a dragonite (laughs) Man, playing all this Pokemon makes me, you know, think of playing it on, um, you know, the Game Boy back in the day. So much nostalgia for that. Yeah. Segway. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could be any more overt. What did I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not clear. Did you did you want to move on to the nostalgia trip? I don't know. I just I'm getting these <laughs> Maybe signals. Maybe I'm just tripping over myself. I'm getting these signals. I'm sending the all these waves. signals, man. Yeah. I, I, green, I green means go. Red means stop. <laughs> Red light. Yellow means nobody knows. Yeah, what does yellow mean? Yellow means you've chosen the wrong color because the correct colors are pink or white. What what are pink or white? The correct colors of Kirby. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> there's this Sorry. game that I, th- I think has been mentioned maybe by me or you. I'm not sure. But Kirby Air Ride. Picture oh, yes. this. Picture a racing game, which... It, the best mode in the racing game is not, not the, the racing, racing game. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, uh, do you want to introduce Kirby Air Ride to our um, audience? Yeah. So, Kirby Air Ride is a Kirby-based racing game where um, you ride a number of, they're called stars. You know, there's like the standard warp star, if you've ever seen, you know, the Kirby show or played any of the games. Um, but there's lots of other different types of stars. But anyway, the... The mode that we really like and we have a ton of nostalgia for is called City Trial, and it's basically like an open world mode. There's a whole city mapped out, and you can drive around and you pick up power-ups, which affect your stats, like top speed or gliding or turning. Um, But anyway, you should continue because there's so many more cool elements to this game. (laughs) So (laughs) it really, I there's 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 three modes of the game. There's Air Ride, which is your basic pick a vehicle, race the track win the race and cool yay it's fun but it's no mario kart so it just didn't really it wasn't the best yeah there's there's top ride which is the second mode which is a weird feels like a mini game kind of thing where you've got uh, a a top-down view you're definitely mini yeah of these small kirby's driving around on this small track and there's items and it's chaotic Uh, i actually streamed kirby air ride a week or two ago uh, and showed off some of this, but uh, City Trial is oh, it's where it shines. So if you like collecting power-ups, if you like random events, if you like destroying other Kirby's and then competing to get first place in a random event, like either and a then race, destroying them again, yeah. And, <laughs> and so there's there's a bunch of events 
that take place after the city trial. So you get placed in the city for anywhere from like three to seven minutes. You can set the time frame, run around, pick up power-ups, get on better stars. You all start out on this weak little itty-bitty compact star. And then when you are done with that three to seven minutes, you go to an event, which could be like, who can fly the farthest, who can win the race, who can destroy the other Kirby's the quickest, or you know, there's a couple other, who can, it's a drag race, like go straight as fast as you can. And all of your <clears throat> power-ups and things that you've collected, like, you know, obviously augment your star and allow you to do better in those certain categories. Uh, and that's, that, that, that honestly, that's it. Like, it kind of <laughs> yeah. sounds like there's not very much there, but it, it's something that's definitely really fun. And I mean, we used to play it for quite a lot of time. Just, I, I mean, yeah. I don't, like hours, probably. So many hours. And it's it's definitely fun. Like, you have to have other people around to make it the most enjoyable because you can harass each other or just, you know, make a truce and harass the computers. But <laughs> it was one of those games that we played it so much that we started to learn the mechanics of the game just by playing the game yeah, like which, you know, colors of the sky meant like what random events were likely. There definitely were some things that I think we had we had it spot on. I think there are other things that maybe we were just like completely wrong about. But Yeah, we had we had definitely had some rumor milling going on like sometimes But there was definitely like there was a mythology to it. It was, you know, when the sky is dark and it's rainy, it's there's more likely to be the legendary stars. So right. I think that was actually true. <laughs> no, the I think that the when the when the city is dark we thought that there would be just more items, like more power-ups, mm. positive power-ups. Uh, and I, I think that that was circumstantial. There are definitely certain spots in the map, so you can collect pieces of these two legendary stars that one is like the strongest in terms of like battling other stars and one is the best in terms of flying. And uh, you collect three pieces and it builds the star and ta-da, you get the star. Um, and there's certain spots on the map that these boxes would appear that would have... Mm the pieces in them like 100% guaranteed and those were definitely ones that we figured out for sure and yeah there were when events would happen uh the sky would kind of change colors and you could kind of predict the event sometimes based on uh what color the sky turned and things like that so or like the category of the event i think right but uh that that's that's the depth to which we played this game and there were of course a lot of things that i i think that i would like to see if they ever made a sequel improved upon which doesn't sound like they're going to, but I think, yeah, I think it was one of those things that just kind of the timing was missed on it. And yeah, for whatever reason, never really got enough of a base. Yeah. No, sales didn't do well or whatever. Base, base, base. But it was, it was unfortunate that it didn't sell better so that they would do one for like the Wii U. I thought would have been a great platform to release it on but then again i thought the wii u would be a great platform for a new pokemon snap and clearly we didn't get that i'm gonna <laughs> not get angry anymore about that no more but, nostalgia uh, for you no none at all your childhood is dead it's over goodbye wow i'm like really harsh today i don't know what happened <laughs> <laughs> merry christmas <laughs> merry christmas you're gonna die <laughs> this is the holiday armadillo i'm just gonna call you that now no wait you should be the holiday duck yeah, yeah, that would have made more sense. It would have. That, oh, my name is Quacktical. Quack. 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 Okay, we're stopping this now. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> have a gift. Speaking of which, I feel like we should 
have done like a giveaway or something cool because it's like Christmas. Do we have anything to give away? My Steam won't open. I literally like the the Steam icon has like a, a, a no symbol, you know, like the circle with the line through it. It's like, no, it's like, nope. And I click on it to open it. No and it Christmas says, spirit for you. It's it, no, it, it tells me. Uh, so either Steam is broken or it didn't download all the way. So you can't open it. And I just haven't re-downloaded it because I just had this problem today. <laughs> it's like a present that's wrapped by somebody who is evil. So and you just like, com- no, do I, do I wrap presents in an evil manner? No, other people wrap presents in an evil manner, and they are so evil. You know, when they have, like, layers and layers of duct tape, and then it's like a box inside a box, but then they're all, like, taped from the inside and, like, stupid things. That's, like, the best thing. That's, like, the best Christmas <laughs> present, present troll. Yeah, so, like, you take a small little box, and you put, like, a $50 bill in it, and then you just, like, wrap it in a box, and then in another box, and then in another box, and then you put a bunch of rocks <laughs> in it, and then you put that in another box, and then you put that in another box, and then you cram it all in a Boeing 747. Turducken. Turducken. <laughs> quality. Uh, yes, good times. Quality quality content. A plus internet. <laughs> 100% why no doctor. Um, something or other? No. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. All the things. So given that it is winter, we wanted to talk about uh, ice and snow and all the cold things that you can find in games. Yeah. Um, so there's this recurring theme in mostly nintendo games i guess but really in a lot of mario games (laughs) yeah a lot of like platformers or rpg games where you get the you know the ice level and the snow level not as Mm -hmm. dreaded as the water level but still up there in terms of like you know you need to get serious to be able to beat it try put your try hard pants on i have a hat but that that's fine you can change your pants when you play games i mean i guess it can be you know your try hard clothing item of choice but that just doesn't sound as good i have a hat <laughs> no i have a hat put my tryhard cap on actually i take my cap and i like turn it around backwards all ash ketchum style <laughs> so yeah we wanted to kind of just talk a little bit about ice levels or snow levels in general and because it will here at least in washington we got a little bit of snow in washington congratulations in like olympia area yeah it was actually really nice because it felt like Christmas, and I missed the snow. We're both originally from Alaska, where you uh, there, there's there's a lot of snow there usually, or there used to be a lot of snow, I should say. Climate change is real, <clears throat> but <laughs> what's well, cool in California this winter? To, well, define cool for me. Just give me like a Fahrenheit temperature, uh, like fifties at night. I think <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like twenty nine degrees here right now, and this is Washington. But anyway. uh one of the things that's interesting about ice levels that i personally have always found intriguing is that the challenge from them comes with platformers or any sort of action rpg type of game there's always some sort of like loss of movement or like maybe not loss of movement but additional movement that you didn't want from sliding on the ice (laughs) specifically i think of like the ice levels in mario where you make a jump right and you have to like correct yourself back to not go Mm -hmm. that off the edge but which definitely makes platformers challenging yeah and i think that the flip side to that is oftentimes ice levels have the coolest music i don't know if that's just a coincidence or if it's totally a subjective opinion just from all the stress 
you, you like Stockholmed to the music. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> just there's the music is the only thing keeping me sane as I continually slide off of platforms. But uh, the, the concept of having, um, I don't know if I would call it climate, but like the level variety in games mm-hmm. always brings around to some sort of ice or snow. And I guess really it is mostly Mario that I think of when I mention that. Like you have Mario 64, you've got the penguin racing sliding down the ice slide level where you have to beat the giant penguin totally. in a race. That was a gorgeous sentence. <laughs> Moving on. But yeah, it just, you know, the ice levels, I think, were always a source of much cursing and much anger for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd jump and then I would slide and then I would die. And then I would jump and I would slide and I would die. And it just... Much like driving in real life. Driving on ice is very challenging. Um, but it's funny that people don't really seem to be able to handle it, you know, even when they've been like living in a state like for example in alaska (laughs) yes there's so many people that don't realize that you know you shouldn't like slam on your brakes when you're on the ice that you need to like pump the brakes yep maybe it's because of anti-lock brakes maybe anti-lock brakes have actually like ruined this for people because they can and get away with it but no like you really even with anti-lock brakes i think you still need to pump the brakes (laughs) it yeah well it's it is interesting because it always seems that the first snow anywhere always just is anarchy even in a state like alaska (laughs) where everyone has supposedly driven in winter before maybe not because you just moved there but like right you would think you would think that people would at least understand oh it just snowed maybe i should drive like not above the speed limit for a change (laughs) you actually have to worry about how fast you're going yeah i think you know when it like in california the problem that we have when it doesn't rain for a while, uh, there's a lot of oil and stuff on the road. So then the first rain, yeah, actually is much slicker than everything else. So there may be some element of that. But, you know, even in games like Mario Kart, I really struggle on ice, though. You know, like, there's a certain levels where you can just, like, you know, go around the turn and you slide off and then you just fall in the dip. I remember falling off those over and over and over again, like on, you know, Mario Kart 64. Yeah, there, I think there was, like, uh, skating Shy Guys or Penguins that you also had to avoid. There was actually a couple spots where you could, like, hop around the edges. And I, I actually would, like, as I was trying to, like, turn and not slide off, or, like, the equivalent of, I guess, power sliding. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was power sliding. You hopped and then... So you'd, like, go around the edge and almost fall off, and you could, like, hop and cut the corner. But it Then it you'd die a lot. Always, <laughs> it didn't always work. <laughs> Your hubris admittedly. slayed you. Yeah. I haven't played Mario Kart 64 for quite a while, actually. I, I usually just stick with Double Dash because that's that's like my favorite like to dash in twice. terms of the Mario Kart series. Um, I think the one that I've played most recently is the Wii U version. I forget what the exact title is. I think uh, that's but 8. I really like the driving mechanics in 8, actually, then. Um, yeah. I have played it once or twice. It does play really well from, again, It definitely what I has remember. more of like a drifting focus as far as the turning. Like, you really need to be drifting, um, especially on some of the carts. I think it depends, but... Right. Yeah, it definitely has much more of a drifting focus, you know, whereas like 64 had the power sliding, but that was definitely like a more technical thing that was difficult to pull off. Mm-hmm. You definitely did a lot more regular turning. Double Dash is pretty like power sliding focused as well. Like the, mm-hmm. if you if you're going around a curve and you're not power sliding, you're you, you're doing you're something doing it wrong. wrong. Yeah, you're I, doing it wrong. I, I don't know what it was like for the Wii version of Mario Kart, whatever number or title that had i just know that i tried to play it once or twice and couldn't because of motion controls 
<laughs> motion controls. Yeah, I think that was the nice part about eight. Like, I think I tried using the motion controls and it just didn't work, but you could still use a controller. Does it have motion controls? I think so. I think you can do like tilting to turn and like, you know, Ew. jumping and like you, you like have to shake it to spin or something, but it just, it doesn't shake it pop it twist pop it, it shake it. it yep there you go <laughs> <laughs> minds think alike All on the, the exact same thing goodness sakes but um i think i just played with the controller most of the time because then you could just press a button because you had yes. you had to spin to do like tricks in the air to get a little bit of a speed boost oh off, yeah actually jump. yeah you had yeah. yeah i do remember that you had to like shake the controller and you did like a spin and like woohoo and get the speed boost thing or whatever <laughs> accurate description of mario kart 8 gameplay mm-hmm <laughs> It's funny, though, because I know so many people who are just infuriated by, like, movement mechanics like that um, in games or just, like, ice levels and, you know, slows. It's just, I think it, for some reason, it's, like, extra stressful when you're you're trying to accomplish something in a game and the game's like, nope, you're going to go slowly well, now. <laughs> I think that it's the same reason why people struggle with water levels. So you, mm-hmm. you're playing a game, you've been taught, this is how the game plays. This is how it works. This is how you time your jumps. This is, right. you know, the mechanics you need to learn. And you've and it's all very intuitive. Yeah, and so you have that down. And then all of a sudden, you're put into a water level where you move slower and, you know, the, the physics are a bit different. Or mm-hmm. you have the ice level where suddenly your landing is completely different and you have to relearn how to jump and land so you don't slip and slide off of things. It it's It adds a different level of frustration to it because suddenly you're not in as much control as you once were right i mean and the game is becoming harder over time as well yeah of course yeah i think i think you're onto something there that the way you learn to move like you have to learn it intellectually first or you know like no oh i have to press it now but then eventually you stop thinking about that right whereas i think part of the frustrating part is that now you have to think about all those little things again so so kind of the progress you made feels like it slips away, even if it really hasn't, you know, you're learning, you're still learning a new skill and you're probably going to be better. Slips away pun alert. <laughs> Unintentional. Unintentional puns are best puns. Usually. But yeah, you know, it, it's definitely this feeling of, oh shoot, that I thought I had this down. Now the game is, game is just out of reach again. <laughs> yeah. They really let it go. You're filled up with feelings of not being able to hold it inside you anymore. And then, and then you cry and your tears turn to ice and you're frozen in place. Exactly. G-G. You missed my my frozen button earlier. Oh, just just gonna put that out there. Oh. I said they really let it go on you after you learn about how to be frozen. Ha ha ha. I don't uh, want to build a snowman <laughs> or ride my bike I, around the hall. Do you want to be? Do you want to become a snowman though? Because I think that's what happens in Mario when you get frozen. Don't you get like a snowman power up at some point? I know you run around snowmen. Oh, and you have to like spin kick them or something. Something like that. I there's a giant snowman that you climb. I'm thinking specifically Mario 64. I mean, when I think of Mario, that's honestly the game that I think of <laughs> most. Me, yeah, me too. <laughs> that's that's it. Just happens. Accurate, accurate. But uh, I think that another interesting aspect is the concept of uh, like weather or a survival kind of mechanic to things mm-hmm. that. You know, we're talking about platformers and like role-playing action games like Legend of Zelda or whatnot that uh, are, are more straightforward in terms of like fight the enemies, don't take damage. But when you don't have an enemy presence and you have more of a survival element of things and you get to the snow level or the ice stage or winter if it's a game that has seasons, mm-hmm. 
like don't just don't starve seasonal is it like like hational it, it's it's seasonal so like after so many days okay. it becomes winter and then you have to worry about heat more so but uh i think that that's another interesting aspect of things and again it definitely goes along the same lines of here's this thing that you've you've learned how to play the game you've learned the mechanics and now you have to relearn for this new thing that it's it's not necessarily that it's jarringly put in there but when i was an extra layer of challenge now you have to do you still have to feed yourself and now it's cold yeah it's it's interesting because like well at least in don't starve you you know have to be aware of the fact that if you go out and don't have like clothing or something to kind of keep you warm you're gonna freeze and maybe not be able to make it back while you're going out to collect food or something rust also had you know if you got too cold or got too warm or got too hot you would start to take damage i think when you were to like jump in the water when you didn't have any clothes on you would be cold for example or if you went high up in the mountains but it seemed to be somewhat less relevant in that game it's and that's also when you have an open world game i guess kind of like rust in terms of the the weather isn't forced upon you you can sort of like elect to go up the mountain or not. You can just go somewhere else instead. Yeah. Whereas like with Don't Starve, suddenly winter is coming and you can't do anything about mm-hmm. it. Winter is coming? Yeah. Did you say something in reference to a popular fantasy show? That I've never seen? Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I- I'm a fake nerd. I just know the memes. There are so many things I will tell you that I, I know so all the memes. All the memes. But I've seen none of the things. It's actually maybe a problem, but also maybe not. You meme and you don't know. You just don't know. But you still meme. Is that like an internet crime? Well, I mean, considering that's probably like something that like everyone does. No. But yes. But no. I don't know. <laughs> yes, no. Maybe so. 99, 100. Good. Excellent. I think that our snow level discussion kind of died. I definitely feel like our ability to stay on topic, you know, we're, we're kind of going to be on thin ice. Because, <laughs> you know, like ice and snow levels, you know. And if we slip up, you know, don't don't blame us too much. Yeah. It's just the context. You're the context. You're a context. You're a contact. My brand. <laughs> no. Can we just like here we go. Meme challenge. Meme no. Meme fa namo majo dabo bado. No. Could give me a meme and then I gotta give you a meme and we go until we can't meme no more. Okay, um shoot, but now now there's pressure <laughs> and like I can't I can't handle the pressure. Can't, can't stand the heat if you can't if you can't stay in the kitchen stand the heat what no if you can't stand the heat don't stay in the kitchen there we go that, that's a meme is it well i like sayings are memes when you think about it they're kind of the same thing as far as like a cultural unit of meaning memeing cultural unit of memeing yes it is actually <laughs> a very interesting kind of concept was that if the word meme meant what it means today before internet memes or like if it was used in the same way. Well, it was an it was an invented word in linguistics yeah. that referred to basically a unit of social exchange. So that's why it refers to memes because it's like they are a meme is just like a it's an object almost, but it's like a a linguistic object that gets like passed around and like evolved upon. So are you saying as a form of social exchange like it could almost be a kind of currency? You could, like, have meme dollars? Yes. You could trade memes. Meme dollars. I got the meme dollars. That's kind of weird. Can you imagine a day in the future when Bitcoin no longer exists and we're just, like, spending Exchanging memes? memes. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you two can't hold all these limes for your one rafflecopter. A la holla get pound.
would be worth more money than the pound. <laughs> Probably. But like a thing like that, which is from a fairly popular video, the moon base space at uh, moon base alpha <laughs> moon base space place <laughs> <laughs> see and that's an us meme it's funny how like you know we can we prefix things like us memes or you memes or internet memes ha still a prefix it is but uh i think that yeah it, it is kind of interesting too how you have sort of these subsets of memes like there's general memes like the all of the general memes general memes so <laughs> the you have like the rage comics thing or you know mm-hmm. the, the meme faces and stuff that are sort of just like general internet meme image and then like reddit have, animal pictures yeah or or like the lol cats like i feel like that's a pretty general internet mm-hmm. meme but then you've got like pretty old school you have cultures or fandoms or just groups of people that kind of have their own things that are being also called memes Mm-hmm. When I don't know that necessarily, I, I mean, I guess that they would qualify as memes because like I, we, we have like things that we say often that we find funny because we're referencing a thing that it's basically just an inside joke, even though it's, I guess, right. I guess the fact that it's just a short word or phrase makes it the mimetic mm-hmm. thing. Well, and uh, like according to the linguistic definition that we, it is spot on. That is exactly what a meme is in oh. that sense. Like, okay yeah. well then there you go but it's interesting that you have like these broader umbrella ones and then you've got like you know there's like tumblr memes and like specific fandoms on mm-hmm. tumblr that have memes and then there's like reddit memes and then there's the meme page on reddit <laughs> and all right. of the different reddit pages that have memes and then twitter memes and then specific you know twitch streamers have memes that they have done and then you have just like twitch itself just has twitch memes memes yeah like, exactly like raise your dongers yeah and but but they like cross over in some spots and it's sort of like this weird streams yeah they're crossed oh no the memes are crossed and you have this like weird exchange like if someone you know you get this raise your dongers comments thread on a youtube video and it's like hold on what do you think you're doing what's happening here <laughs> yeah and then like a lot of them you know i have all these memes in my brain that i don't even know where they came from like they came from something originally like our us memes. I don't know where many of them came from or, you know, we have to think about it. Yeah, we have to bit. think about what the context was. We just know like <laughs> like the like taco fence. Yeah. You should build a taco fence. It was a very evolved thing. Yeah. It it started with um the was one of the auto-tune the news videos yes. in which the guy was filibustering about building a turtle fence. Mm-hmm. And then I think at that time you were singing the we should build the turtle fence and then I was obsessed with the word taco for whatever reason <laughs> taco taco and just like put taco in place of turtle and then you should build a taco fence and then it just became taco fence. taco fence taco taco burrito burrito that that's another thing because that's the south park episode really <laughs> yes it um there's a character jennifer lopez i might have actually seen that episode it's, she's like a hand puppet oh yeah. yep i have seen that episode it's a weird she likes show. tacos and burritos <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a very often quoted memetic episode in that sense like yeah i'm sure you could find a meme of it (laughs) probably could welcome to the internet we have memes we hope you enjoy your stay the dark side has cookies (laughs) yep that's 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 another one so is that just what life in the 21st century is just memes yeah it's just memes all the way down (laughs) wow it's weird everything is and or can be a meme 
Right. Well, and that's kind of the point, again, going back to the linguistic definition, that that really is the point is like even things like sayings and all that kind of stuff. It's same kinds of ways that these ideas have been passed. Right. You know, something coalesces into being a saying. It's like that particular phrase has been used enough that now it carries a certain cultural weight behind it. And so now it gets passed on beyond the original people who were using it. Right. And over time, its meaning evolves and changes. And that's actually how language changes or one of the ways in which language changes. Right. Hmm. And so the same thing's happening with memes. Meme is just another form of that same concept. So or what like you're saying are. Yeah, is that at some point, if someone or enough people listened to the description of the taco fence meme, it could eventually coalesce into other cross-cultural exchanges. Right. You know, if, if we had listeners and those listeners <laughs> enjoyed listening to our things and said things that we said, or you know, did the same thing and evolved what we said into something else, maybe some version of it could become a meme. Yes. So then this is all very hypothetical. Right. (laughs) But so then what, what is, what passes as original content in that regard? If it's mostly everyone is parroting. Yeah. Everyone is parroting something else that's already been said or done. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a fairly often brought up philosophical concept or whatever category of study you would want to call it, but probably philosophical. yeah, for often concept that nothing is original and that, you know, even the most genius artists of any time or of any genre, any type, you know, whether talking music, art, you know, video game development mm-hmm. and anything that you're talking about, nothing is original. They've all built on what has come before them. Even the ones who have seemed to make like, you know, paradigmatic shifts or create, create these huge shifts in whatever industry they're working in. Not, nothing is truly original in that sense. Like they're always drawing upon elements that they've seen before or their predecessors, you know, invented or created. But but those elements came from something, you know, generations before that. So it, it's this constant cycle of evolution of these ideas. Um, and the same thing is true with language. I like how deep and philosophical we can get talking about memes. Me, 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 memes. This is the 21st century in a nutshell. Yep. In a nutshell. So, okay, no... So sayings, you said that sayings could be also memes. I would think so, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It's just kind of weird to wrap my head around. I, I, I agree with you, definitely. But I also feel like it's very much like an, an our generation kind of thing. You know, not like exclusively saying like millennials or whatever our generation falls into the category. But I think that just because we've grown right. up with it so much. But a lot of these, a lot of like sayings, many of the origin stories for some of these you know, a movie or like a show or something that's just not from our generation. But we don't we don't mm. know that that's the origin because we weren't there at it, at you know the creation of the concept, at the creation of of the idea. A good point. You know, and the same thing is kind of true now. You know, some of these memes have evolved from something you know five or six layers back, but the people using it now don't necessarily know where it came from. That's true. And so, in that sense, it just gets passed on. It has a certain meaning. That meaning evolves over time as you use it you are sort of describing the meaning to others in the way that you use it. And that's how it gets passed on as well. So they, they, upon perceiving somebody communicating with this meme or with this saying or with this idea, someone else says, says that. And then, you know, maybe in their next, their next interaction on social media or in person, they, they use some element of, of that concept. But then it changes. It's like a game of telephone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a game of telephone over time. Yeah. Over time. Time-traveling telephone. Time-traveling telephones. So then I think that from what I'm what I'm getting and processing through my brain is that really the reason memes have become so prolific 
and so widespread in our generation is because of the internet. So when you had to have face-to-face interactions Mm -hmm. or, you know, actually call someone on a telephone that, you know, the, the, the lines of communication were not anywhere as easy. Whereas now we have, you know, uh, places like Reddit or huge hubs of communication and exchange that these things Mm -hmm. can easily be passed around and spammed and, you know, infuriate others who are moderating chat rooms that it just, it, it proliferates out and about. And so it kind of just becomes this, well, viral thing that infects anything that it comes into contact with. And for whatever reason, like for memes that are funny, if, if you don't know the origin and yet it's funny and you laugh at it because it is a funny word or it sounds funny or is done in a funny way, like Mm -hmm. taco fence in and of itself sounds stupid and (laughs) doesn't make any sense. And yet for some reason, if it's found funny, it could evolve and or change or become turtle fence again, or just, be out in the world and spread around even if someone doesn't know the context or like the origin the original of it. context yeah, yeah it's like there's an original context and then there's the current social context and i think that like yeah the current social context replaces the original context over time and that's part of what drives the evolution is that that original context is kind of gradually being lost and it doesn't really matter either no i mean it's it's like something new kind of buds off and blossoms away from what what it was before and, you know, after a little bit, it's it's no longer anything like what it was before in terms of what it actually means or what it represents. Evolution. Yeah. Fast. Science. Science. The science of memes. It's, it's really interesting to actually think about memes in this deeper, more philosophical way. It's so deep, man. I wish I had a, a hot, spicy meme to deliver right now. Hot, spicy meme? <laughs> <laughs> what, what categorizes certain memes as hot and spicy and others as like, what lukewarm and bland <laughs> dude that meme was so lukewarm no one's gonna say dude and then say that something was lukewarm dude that was so hot and spicy who the heck is gonna <laughs> say dude that was so lukewarm i am duh i just did okay so could that become a meme dude that was so lukewarm the ironic part about that is saying dude that was so lukewarm is a burn why is it a burn oh because you're like insulting somebody by saying that the thing wasn't cool yeah burn do you want to go to the hospital for that burn? Too bad, because you can't. It was only lukewarm. What? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Quality. Co- Quality. Quality. That's another thing that's, a, that's a meme. That whole like saying like quality content or like quality just in terms of, you yep. know, talking about something. I don't who I don't know where that happened. Like where it I don't came know who from. that happened. Yeah, who, the, what, the, where, the, how, the, but it did, and it now did. it's just a thing. Quality, quality. I'm I'm saying koala as in like the animal. Oh, like the little fuzzy thing. They're so cute. I know. I, I I'm pretty sure I've heard that they're kind of evil. That they're like really aggressive. So like you. Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> no. <laughs> I got my first response is just yes. Then wait, no. <laughs> Hey, you've you know already what? agreed to this. Being you signed ho- on the dotted line. <laughs> Being the holiday duck, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna deliver to you one expertly wrapped hot, spicy holiday meme. That's your. <laughs> that's your Christmas present. Happy po- birthday, I'm, Hanukkah. I'm. I'm waiting. What's the meme? No, no, no. I got. I got to wrap it. Oh. It. it oh. It, it's. It's. It, it's. Oh, not, like, it's not done. 
You're going to wrap it like... We made this joke last time. I make this joke every time. Good. It's a good joke. I appreciate it. Don't think that my like response <laughs> is in any way putting down your joke because it's a glorious joke. It's sort of just like, you know, oh yeah, you can call me whatever. Just don't call me late for dinner. That'll never get old. Except never. for those people who don't have souls that like don't think that that's funny. Yeah. Well, usually they don't appreciate puns either. So No. And with that, we have driven away our one listener. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> it's fine. You wouldn't have appreciated anything else we did if you got offended by that. Yeah, like, okay, so if, if that one listener was offended by them saying that, you know, people who don't like puns don't have a soul, wh- yeah, why were they still here in the first place? <laughs> why did they show up in the first place? Like, this seems like the wrong podcast because for no puns. We were we were talking about some cool stuff earlier before it snowballed into memes. Some leet topics for the next? No. I was making a pun. I was making, we talked about ice and snow until it melted into oh. hot, spicy memes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was a thing that we tried to do, right? It melted yeah. and now it's Miami. Who's Miami? I don't know. Oh, okay. But it's Miami's hot and spicy, apparently. How can a city be spicy? By having spicy food? I don't know. I like I how I know. question how a city can be spicy, but when it comes to a meme, nah, it makes perfect sense. Memes don't have flavor. Have you ever ingested one? You know, I had to think about that for a second. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no. I don't maybe. think so. Maybe. In some strange fashion, maybe? Because it depends on how you're defining ingest. If you're going with the literal definition, unless you've printed out a meme on a piece I of paper. I have memed ingest. Well done. Like, as a joke. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Turn the meme around. I think that it's time to move to our mystery sounds. I think so, too. All right. I don't remember who went last first time. Or who went first last time. Either one of those. You know, whatever. You, you said turn the meme around and my words got all mixed up. I was just so thrilled. I was, I was singing and dancing along. Your words got replaced with memes and your memes got replaced with your words. Yeah, I wish that my brain was quicker and I could have come up with something there, but I didn't. I'm going to just play my sound for you first because... Or my my uh, the the thing that I've got for you first is gonna be played. Okay, <laughs> all of the all of the things that I picked, I I believe were like wintery kind of themed, which winter, winter, might winter. be an unnecessary clue. But anyway, herger. That's not even like ringing a bell. Really? No. <laughs> it's like, nope. Okay. Well, there is a chance that you might not have actually played this game now that I think about it. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you did. What? It was, it, you would have played it on the Xbox Arcade. <sighs> was it, I made a game of zombies in it at that point? No. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Castle Crashers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Eh. Did, did you play Castle Crashers? Yes, I did play Castle Crashers, but it has been so long. Yeah, but <laughs> did you play like the whole thing completely? No, I played like a little bit with Jake and a little bit with you, but you guys were already like played it a lot by that point, so I sort of didn't really get into it because I was just sort of like following you around. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> well, at least I wasn't totally wrong in that you had played the game, but I, I picked yeah. it because I was like, I like this song, and and I was kind of struggling to come up with winter themed things. Wasn't that a Newgrounds game originally? Uh, no the the game the game was made by the Behemoth, which oh. is like Tom Fulp Newgrounds thing but like the the music was pulled from newgrounds yeah they oh, like the, okay. the the music was created by the newgrounds people of right okay. community yes hmm. so yeah correct enough but uh it, i yeah i remember that it was associated with newgrounds was, in some so way. Yeah. i I'll, I'll give you the correct noise ding 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 because i'm sort of yeah yeah why not it, it was it was sort of a long shot and, and, the xbox and live arcade hint was actually a pretty good one because it's like there aren't that many games that i played on xbox live arcade but at the same time i'm also not super familiar with them so <laughs> yeah okay good, like, challenging one yeah uh now i'll play here's your first clip this one might be evil maybe play that again yeah was that like someone starting a car or getting out of a car it's a very specific interaction in a game that i know you played but yes it or it sounds like something is like opening <laughs> actually you would be very very correct there you're opening a, a chest yes pretty much um although they're not quite chests in this universe although sometimes they are oh universe what <laughs> vagans the the noises are actually sort of from like a little mini game they had for opening loot containers loot loot containers oh in this universe loot containers when you say loot <laughs> the only thing my brain thinks of is borderlands well just okay containers in general okay uh can i get a system um kind of all of the above but kind of all of the nothing was above you played it on 360 okay i'm like there were no there was no above (laughs) (laughs) uh i played it on 360 universe i played it on pc you played it on pc originally but then i lost some saves you lost some saves um was it uh star wars knights of the old republic nope okay we actually both played that on pc uh i played it on my mac and my save was lost that's what i was thinking of oh yeah i I did i later got it for xbox um but that's not 360 i was right this one was evil uh all right i'm i'm gonna need another clue but i'll definitely take this as a wrong (laughs) um which is sad too because you know this is one of like our favorite games of all time one of our favorite games of all time? Yes. <laughs> what? That that's a hint. What? Mass Effect? Yep. It's the fucking decrypting minigame. Wait. <laughs> or like the the unlike unlocking thing. The like little doo 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 doo. That's like the little arrow going through oh, the, like, layers. My goodness. Like the onion thing. Okay, well, but it was different on Xbox because you pushed the Oh, really? Yeah, you you pushed the uh the ABXY buttons. It was it was a Simon says game instead of like oh. putting the arrow through the like things, which oh, was man. honestly a better hacking mini game, but That that sucks. I'm sorry. Um I didn't okay. realize it was different on console compared to PC. Wow. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, that's that was the it was like a little mini game when you would open containers in Mass Effect One. Yeah, um, I I do I do remember that now. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm evil. Yeah, that's fine. Evil. <laughs> oh, that was a good laugh combined with the oh, sound right effect the noise. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect timing. Well, that was that was good. I told you to make it difficult on me last time. So why didn't we make the wrong noise? Just me going quack like a duck. Because quacks. I don't know. You the also duck quacks twice for no or once for maybe no. Maybe that's why you've been sounding like Waluigi. I've been quacking. Yeah, maybe that's actually what it was. It's not Waluigi. It's actually just quacking. Duckuigi. Duck. Walla duck. Walla duck. A whole wall of ducks. <laughs> Look at all those ducks along the wall. It's the quack. To I don't know about you, but all my ducks are in a row. They're up on the wall. Why can't I hold all these ducks? <laughs> in a row? In a row. Or keep them, I guess. Something Bees like in that. a pod, ducks in a row. Anyway, okay, here's time. my second mystery sound for Twa. Oh man, that's ringing so many bells, and yet I have like so little clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is... I hate that feeling, but I also love that feeling. I love this very specific feeling, and the reason is because this has happened before. This feeling that I have. You have a feeling? I'm high on believing. I'm high on dreaming something? Yeah. Is this uh, our crack song? I d- I <laughs> sure, I don't know. Something like that. Is this one of those things where we've talked about the game earlier? Is this for Air Ride? No. <laughs> no. <Just kidding. laughs> That's not a guess. Um, but I do need a hint. Uh, so uh, you played this game on PC, apparently. Is it Nice of the Old Republic? No. It is not. Oh, is it also Mass Effect? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, crap. That's ding, totally. Ding. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Novaria, <laughs> which, again, is why... I, I appreciate this feeling because it's not, <laughs> I did not plan it. That was, in fact, my second mystery sound, much like last episode where we picked the same game and they happened to line up like one right <laughs> after another. And you just were like, what? It, like, it honestly makes it harder because I'm just like, you're not expecting I, it. I'm not thinking to guess anything that I've picked, like ever. Yeah. It just doesn't even cross my mind, yep. which is dumb. Like, I should be because <laughs> we've played a lot of the same games. But Get no, good. you know. Get good, son. Get good at mystery. Get good, son. Get a godson. I want a godson. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Get good, son. Godson. Godwinson. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Now your mystery clip number two. So I don't recognize the music. However, I love the music. <laughs> you will probably love this game if you. I don't know if you finished it, but the first. I feel like you like the first game. thought that comes to my mind is Cave Story. You would be correct. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sweet. I was like, what sort of eight-bit game 
type of deal would have yeah cool what is the music i i played i did beat cave story i got just like one playthrough yeah i got probably the normal and or bad ending actually i might have gotten the bad ending it, the bad ending you sort of like stop the game halfway through because you just sort of leave oh. um that's well, like then... the actual bad ending but there's but if you just like beat the game quote unquote the normal way yeah then yes you get the normal ending okay then i got the normal ending yeah there's like a weird ending like like three quarters of the way through the game or something where you can just be like uh nope i don't want to like be the hero i'm just gonna leave now goodbye <laughs> and then the game just ends like and you feel shitty there's like no resolution at all because you just like dipped you just pieced like yeah later deuces but yeah i i yeah i only played through it once but i did complete it so you were correct in that uh oh also i was correct so i'll ding, ding, ding. reward myself uh <laughs> What yeah, I don't know what that was from. Like I'm not even going to be able to guess. Do you remember the egg corridor where there was all the eggs and you had to like yes. jump through the little areas? Yes. It's from when you go in there and it's all destroyed. Yeah, and then you fight the dragon boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I died so many times to that stupid dragon boss. <laughs> that was actually I think the hardest part of the game for me. I do I do explicitly remember when that area is destroyed and you have to like navigate through it mm-hmm. and then you get to the boss and I would always I would die there like so many times and then I had to go back and navigate through the whole thing again of course you are dead yeah that is also from a game that we played that also an us meme yeah an us meme i like the word us meme so many us memes us meme us meme for me it's like the us is non-capitalized but then meme is capitalized sort of like iphone yes exactly which and i was also when we said internet meme earlier i was capitalizing it the same way it's an i meme (laughs) Ooh, good that's good that would that, that's going to be the like standalone product that Apple's going to release like just to browse social media. It won't have access to any of the rest of the internet. Whereas like they'll remove that feature from the iPhone. That's perfect. It'll just be an i meme. It'll be like only for like it'll be basically just be like Snapchat. <laughs> and all you get is just all of memes. The, the best quality memes through all of the social media. I meme. Yep. Social memeia. I think you have, and you should pitch that to Apple. <laughs> Tim Cook, hear me roar, roar. <laughs> Now give me money. Yeah, splendid. Is that how that works? Something like that. You come up with a meme-related idea, put it on the internet, receive money. Receive press, meme press currency. Button, <laughs> press button, receive meme currency. If I ask that he pays me in meme currency, he'll probably accept. Probably. You'll get one printed out meme a day for the rest of your life. <laughs> printed out. 3D printed memes. <laughs> I'm all loaded up with tons of 3D printed memes, yo. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. But I don't know either. I'm I'm intrigued now, so you have to do this. Report back. Maybe in the future that that will be what happens. There'll be 3D printed beams. Could be. You never know. Okay, I'm gonna play you my third mystery sound. Um, <laughs> is this from Super Mario 64? Yes, it is. Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Is it from a particular icy level? Uh, it might, it might be. Does it involve a giant penguin and an ice slide? It very well might. <laughs> you should play my sound. <laughs> did you pick the same one? <laughs> did we, did we actually do it? Just, just play the sound. 
<laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's wonderful. You know what? I'm going to give myself the ding, correct ding, ding. because I, I, yeah, Mario 64 when you're racing the penguin. You were correct. It's funny that we choose, we chose different wow. versions. I chose the fast version, but yeah. <laughs> That's I just like listening to that. Like, I I hope I'm not wrong here because that would be really funny. But also, yes. <laughs> well, so that's that that's the one when you're like actively racing the penguin, and then the other ones when you're outside of the house, just like around the level. Oh. But okay, that's wonderfully complementary to each other. <laughs> so we did it twice. Good on us. Well, I think that honestly, like that's that's way better than if we had picked the same sound. Like we we complement, yeah. The you get all the all the iciness. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny though. So what was the total? Who won? Um, I think I think you did, because I, I definitely didn't get the the Mass Effect one. You got the second two for sure. And um, then, I feel like I missed the first one. You got it pretty readily. I only gave you one hint. Um, did I just get them all right then? I think I think more or less. Or you got you got I'm sort of maybe not counting the second one. Yeah, you got you got a hint on both of them of the first two, but I think that that's true. I think that you have. But that makes up for your epic fail on number one, although that was difficult. <laughs> it, it definitely was difficult, but yeah, but that's props okay. to you. Hey, I told you, I told you to do to do the difficult, make it up the ante. Yeah, make me make me work for my. I don't win, want to one up my ante. I didn't. Uh, you don't want to give her a one up. I mean. I mean, maybe she's got enough lives already. Maybe she'll take it as condescending. Could be. Like, I don't need your one-up. But you do need uh, your victory fanfare for winning this round of mystery sound. Yes, I love it. Good. Sing it to me every night, softly in my ear, as I fall gently to sleep, savoring the sweet, the sweet taste of victory. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll work on that. I'll... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Everyone cheer for me. Shower me with your applause. No. And puppies. Give me puppies. (laughs) puppies. (laughs) Also puppies. (laughs) And also puppies. Don't forget the puppies. Well, I think that that about wraps up our quickly melting episode. Actually, it it, it melted and then we rebuilt the snowman with some icy Mario level. Mostly just Mario level. My Mario level is over ice thousand. It was under 32 degrees. My, my Mario ice level is under 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Something like that. Specifically. You, you, you got to be specific. You could say 32 degrees and someone could think Celsius and just be like, how? That's water. That's water, yo. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> ah, what are you doing? Get off of my car. Follow us on the Twitter at Tune Into Gaming. It would be cool if you did follow us because then, you know, we would maybe redeem ourselves for losing our one viewer earlier when we started no, talking about memes viewer, and puns. come back to us. And if you are so interested in sharing the hottest and spicy memes, apparently, with us, uh, email us, tuneintogaming at gmail.com. Do so. Do so now. Right now. And, yeah, share, share your... Uh, actually, maybe don't send us memes. I feel like that that could escalate. Yeah, screw it. Send us memes. Yeah, send us memes. Yeah, who cares? Send us memes, one viewer who is no longer listening. Do it. The best. Alrighty. Tune out.